0: Hello there, before we get into the episode, I wanted to tell you about a podcast one of my programmers and his friend has been doing called, Topical Rants, where two dudes get together rant about anything under the sun. It's available anywhere you get your podcasts, so go check it out. Now back to the show. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to say for it? Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Traveler's Guide to the Backrooms, where we try to go over and explain the lore of the many levels and entities within. My name is Sharp A3, E G, AI Processing System, and today we'll be diving into what is known as the hardest level to traverse within the main 9 levels of the Backrooms. So grab your scuba gear because we're no clipping our way into. Level 7 Basic Descriptions Level 7 is the 8th level of the backrooms, and is considered one of the hardest levels to physically travel through. This level has a survival difficulty class of 4, that being unsafe, unsecured, and minimum entity count. Traveling or exploring level 7 is highly discouraged by expert explorers, due to the environmental dangers of the level. Somewhat like level 6, level 7's danger comes more. From the drastic setting of the level rather than any unholy entity trying to end you within. But unlike level 6, this level is equipped with both. Due to the sheer difficulty of traversing the level, it's seen as being the greatest obstacle to overcome within the main 9 levels, if not the entire backrooms. Like the previous levels, this one's theme is taken to the extreme. Level 7's dimensional aesthetics is centralized around water, with the majority of the level being a vast calm ocean, occasionally supporting waves of varying sizes. The water should always be avoided if possible, and if can't should keep exposure to a minimum. The reason is because the water is extremely cold, comparable to liquid nitrogen, the temp of which is at a bone chilling negative 196 degrees Celsius or negative 320 degrees Fahrenheit. It should also be noted that the water is just average distilled water, but should not be used as a source of hydration. With that general description out of the way, let's get into the meat of the episode. Appearances This level is made up of two main areas, both having varying travel difficulty. We'll go over the least difficult of the pair and most likely the first area you'll find yourself in, the entrance room. Most, if not all, travelers entering level 7 will appear here. This takes the appearance of a small study-like room that's slightly flooded with water stated earlier, so it's best to come here equipped with insulated boots if possible. Complete with bookshelves covered in damped or waterlogged books, some of which can be survival guides for other levels, with the book order and attendance changing with every traveler entering the room. A wooden coffee table sits in front of a chair varying in its make, but normally taking appearance to match the table and room aesthetic. Lighting the room is a fluorescent light, much like the ones lighting up the earlier levels, but giving off a much quieter hum buzz. Along the floor is a carpet also not too different from the carpet that can be found on level 0 or 1. On one of the walls a wooden door that leads to the second area of level 7. The local gravity of the room is equivalent to Earth's gravity, but the closer you get to the door, the heavier gravity gets. Along with the heightened gravity, if the door is opened, it will create a sucking effect due to the gravitational differences of the two areas. It's advised to keep the door closed at all times, until you or your group is ready to traverse the rest of the level. Failing to prepare for the gravitational pressure can easily lead to a serious injury, so only open the door when fully prepared. Now, are you ready? Because now it's time to step through into the real hard part. Now let's say you were able to make it through the door without any mishaps, what should you expect? Well first, welcome to the main area, second, roll up into a ball and get ready for the freezing plunge of the infinite ocean either below or beside, or even above you, along with the greater gravitational. Pull of the main area, the orientation of its x axis compared to the entrance room is flipped horizontally in a random direction, but it normally tends to be completely opposite of the entrance room. Once entering this area, you're able to see that the door will remain fixed within a concrete ceiling located 4.5 meters above the surface of the water. The gravity here is on average 2.8 times stronger than that of Earth, so as soon as you enter the main area, your body will crash into the water at a greater speed and force, which is why being prepared for opening the door in the entrance room is so important. Nailing the dive and being mentally ready for the freezing chill is key to starting off a successful exploration of Level 7. The main area is a vast ocean, spanning for miles in every direction. It's unknown just how far the ocean goes for, with many expeditions to find out failing due to external means. Like stated earlier, The waters are extremely cold to the touch, but for some reason hyperthermia takes much longer to take effect on the human body. It's noted that your sanity levels do somewhat affect the time it takes to set in, but it's still unknown how and why either process affects the body. A dim grayish light lingers through the main area, without any main source of the light being found. Due to many expeditions into level 7, we now know that the the closest array of islands are north of the entrance doors position, being roughly 2 kilometers away. Somehow, compasses seem to work perfectly within this level, so they're a reliable source of directions in the level. The islands in level 7 are made of an unknown rock, structurally resembling igneous rock, and seems to be unable to support any kind of plant or animal growth on its surface. It is known that these islands sometimes change size and location slightly over time, but never stray too far from its central area. Other than scattered barren islands, there's not much going on in Level 7, but luckily there's more to be found under the surface, so let's dive in. It should be noted before going into the different zones, unless you're equipped with rebreathers or other machinery used to breathe underwater, you shouldn't try to reach any lower than the daylight zone. But it's also stated that while traveling underwater, water pressure acts much differently than normal. Allowing you to dive down much deeper than a person would normally be able to, in contrast to the high gravitational pressure active on the surface. Unless you absolutely have to, do not try to go lower than the daylight zone. Stretching from the surface down to about 1.2 kilometers below, the daylight zone is the first and most likely only subzone most travelers will interact with. This. Zone is the brightest, due to being the closest to the surface. You will mostly not find any living organisms within this zone swimming around, hopefully. Not much goes on in this area, so let's dive a little deeper. Going a little further, about 2 kilometers, you will find yourself in the twilight zone. Light levels are slightly lower and the water pressure here is stronger. While traveling here, you will start to notice loose human bones and full skeletons to humanoids with slightly different physiology. Some will have no eye sockets or elongated claws. You'll also find the skeletons of large sea beasts floating through the water from time to time while here. Rusty pieces of metal can also be found floating about here. As you pass 6.8 kilometers down, you'll find yourself in the midnight zone. This zone is completely dark, but light sources such as waterproof flashlights or torches will work, if they can withstand the pressure the strength of which is now strong enough to affect swimming in a significant way. The presence of humanoid skeletons are greater here, as well as ancient sea beast skeletons, the size of which are found to be three times to eight times larger than those found in the Twilight Zone. These skeletons have been seen to have scars and fractures in them that may have been inflicted on them during a battle with another beast of some kind. It should also be noted that even going down this far, you'll still most likely not run into any sea life which is a good thing, as well get into later. Finally, reaching down to 7 kilometers, you'll find yourself in the final zone, the abyss or abyssal zone. Water pressure in this zone is so high that the longest anyone has been able to be within it was 1 minute and 45 seconds. Any longer and death will quickly swallow you along with the darkness. Like the midnight zone, there's no light other than the one you bring down here, making traveling here almost impossible. Down here along the supposed sea floor, Eroded skeletons of humanoids and sea beasts are scattered haphazardly. Along with these, superheated tar sea mounts can be seen bubbling out a hot tar-like substance. It's speculated that the tar-like goo is the same goo that can be found in the pipes of Level 3. Due to the heat and other unknown factors it's highly advised not to come into contact with it, but that probably could go unsaid. It should be stated that, though this level is extremely dark and has the high water pressure, due to the tar sea mounts, It's also the warmest out of the zones, but not by enough not to need insulated gear for the cold. Throughout the sludge, it's rumored that there is a cave that may lead to level 8, but we'll get into that in a bit. Our main and best tip on surviving down here is to simply not go down here. Another note about this zone is that, though we have reached part of the sea floor, we know that it goes down much, much deeper. How deep? That's still unknown. Supplies and Scavenge so you're probably wondering are there supplies that can be scavenged here to aid in survival there are so let's start off with the entrance room along the bookshelves you may come across a survival guide medical journals or even a work of literature that can be found in the front rooms a commodity for those structured with homesickness other than that anything left behind for future travelers will remain in here until taken so any care packs left is up for the taking now let's get into the main area Care packs can be found floating and bobbing in the water, and can vary from medical supplies to food and almond water. If you're lucky, sadly, you'll come across a dead traveler's body to use as a flotation device to aid in swimming. It's a dim idea, but one that can save your life in more ways than one. More on that in a bit. If you're planning to go under the surface, there's not much to be found here. Bones will most likely be the main item you'll come across. Rusty metal will be the next item, but they'll be so corroded that there won't be any use to them. That's all for the supplies, so let's hop into what creatures you may find yourself up against in this. Level. Entities. So before you even get to level 7, you'll probably hear about the thing on level 7. This thing is a gigantic sea monster that roams the waters within this level, and poses the greatest threat. It's been concluded by countless studies, that it single-handedly killed off all the other sea life in level 7. It's pretty much impossible to outswim it, and killing it is out of the question. Nothing anyone has done to it has had any lasting effect on it. It's theorized that its countless battles with the long-dead creatures, whose skeletons litter the bowels of the sea, have led it to become an unkillable force of nature. Sadly for most travelers to enter the main area, once your body hit the water, the thing on level 7 most likely sensed your presence even from hundreds of miles away it's already got your scent current location and travel speed it's rumored that it does this by sensing your vibrations and its sense of smell is otherworldly so you can't outswim it and you can't kill it what can you do to survive its attack there's only one known way to possibly heighten your odds that is to have something to distract it long enough to get away and hope for the best meat is a great item to use for this as stated in an earlier, the dead body of a previous wanderer works great to distract the thing on level 7. To get better results, adding flashing lights or sound-making devices to the meat will help attract the thing to it more efficiently. Hopefully it's enough for you to get to an island and figure out what to do next. Communities and outposts Scattered across the many islands dotting the ocean surface, many outposts and settlements have been formed. Here's who you may come across on your travels in this level. Fort Surrender is a settlement of a group of people who worship the thing on level 7. It's believed they have a group number of 4 to 9 people, but this is unconfirmed. They're located on an island close to where most consider the closest island to the entrance door, so they're most likely to be the first group you'll run into. Their outpost is made up of waterlogged furniture held together with the tar-like substance from the abyss which might be a bad thing because they're known for being hostile to any who don't worship the thing on level 7. The next group, the Backroom Colonist, has an outpost somewhere in the level. They're willing to help any wanderer they come across, and will actively look for those struggling within the level. Their outpost is stated to be used for recreational purposes, but is also used for aquatic experiments to make traveling level 7 easier. Another group you can come across is Outpost 207. With a member count of about 65 people, they're a friendly group who's open to trading. It's unknown where they are based, but it's known, like Fort Surrender, their base is made of old furniture but much bigger. The Floaters, a group that is rumored to be destroyed by the thing in Level 7. It's unknown if anyone in this group survived, but if not, there's a base out there with a functional swimming pool for anyone willing to locate it. And lastly, the most well-known group that existed. In Level 7, guide outpost 5 was a group devoted to the study of the sea floor of level 7 co-settled by the ttg the tourist guild and the bas backrooms analytical squad rant most of what's known of level 7 was discovered by this group sadly they were ambushed by a hostile group of figures wearing robes it's believed that after discovering something about the infinite seafloor carpeted area the robed figures tried to destroy the group it's unknown what happened to the group after as they all either died during the attack or fled to another level, but their outpost and everything within was destroyed. Comings AND GOINGS So, what are the many ways in and out of this level, so you can get out as soon as possible and never come back? Let's go over them. Before we get into it, we have to go over a previously known way to enter level 7, and that is by rusty staircases leading from level 6. As less than 1% of staircases do lead to level 7, most will lead you down to level 28, so most have considered this way of. Entrance impossible to do. Now to the main way to enter the IS level. As many getting here will figure out, most wanderers find their ways here by traveling long enough in level 6 to appear in the entrance room. It's entirely unknown how this happens, due to travelers dealing with hallucinations and not having a reliable reason for getting here no clipping through a water wall in level 534 will send you to level 7 while in level 151 swimming through a crack in the pool will have you surfacing within the main area of level 7 jumping out of a plane in level a will have you plunging into the main area of level 7 below it's highly advised to not do this due to the gravity being stronger so your dive is much more dangerous if you try to drown yourself in level 598 you will appear in The waters of the main area, falling in water in level 430 has a chance of sending you to level 7, normally in the main area. In level 1984, if you find and enter a yellow rubber door, you'll appear in either the entrance room or the main area of level 7. Now with that out of the way, let's go over how to leave. Going through the cave within the abyssal zone will bring you into level 8, but this way is highly rumored to be the lair of the thing of level 7, so it's advised not to try this way. If you find a double-sided door marked no exit, it'll bring you back to level 4. This is the main way out, and is actually easier to come across than one would think. It's rumored if you dive down and continuously swim, you'll end up swimming up onto a coast in level 1045. It's unconfirmed if this is true or not, and testing for this has been discontinued. And the worst way to exit level 7, by interacting with a yellow rubber duck of any size, you'll instantly be teleported to level fun. It's highly advised not to do this under any circumstances. If you see any rubber ducks while traveling, just go the opposite direction and forget you even saw it. Dealing with the hardships of level seven is far better than dealing with the party goers. Closing words. So that was level seven of the backrooms, one of the hardest levels to physically traverse. How do you feel about having to swim in extremely cold waters while trying to escape a giant sea monster? What do you think of those humanoid skeletons deep in the ocean? Tell us what you think at Traveler's Guide to the Backrooms at gmail.com. Or you can check us out on Twitter at Traveler's Guide to the Backrooms. We look forward to hearing from you. Thank you all for listening and we'll be back with more guides and tips to help you survive within the backrooms. Until next time, have a wonderful day and be safe out there.